This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my ooh, vivacious co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Vivacious. <laughs> vivacious. I full just want to say life. that word. It's vivacious. like Greek and Latin root time from middle school. I'm like, viv. <laughs> Full of life. I don't know if it's Greek or Latin. We had to do these like spelling tests called word clues in my middle school where they like had all these Greek and Latin roots listed as prefixes. And then it was like 15 spelling words, but it was like murder because you had to break apart each of those spelling words into the roots, say what the roots meant, write the definition and write the sentence and every week to do that. And it was just like bane of my existence. Yeah, I remember that story you've told about the whole fifth grade spelling packet. I think that that might have brought back some triggers there. That like, might have brought been, back some triggers. Yeah. Maybe that's why I reacted so strongly <laughs> to spelling packet. It's because I remembered word clues. No, Judy, <laughs> I would not like it. I'd be unhappy. Yeah, exactly. So today we have we have a, a second timer on oh. the podcast today. We were just talking about the second time club and you said something about SNL and I had no idea what you're right. talking about. Okay, so for those of you that are older, I don't know if you remember like back in the, oh, I don't know if it's 80s or 90s, but SNL used to have these skits when they would have the hosts on that had hosted a few times. Like Steve Martin was one. Mm -hmm. um, I think Alec Baldwin was one. Uh, they, they had a bunch of people and um, they had it called, they were called it like the four timers club, the five timers club. And they had smoking jackets and they had the special oh. room, like, <laughs> like the frequent flyer lounges, you know, nice. And they oh, oh, uh -huh. laugh at the people that hadn't been. So I just thought it was cute. I'm like, oh, we need to make a two timers club because now we're getting a couple of two timers. We have two timers. Like, Michelle Borba is one of those two timers. 
It's like we've made it. That sounds bad, though. Two timer. <laughs> no, well, okay. Second timer. Second timer club. Repeat because <laughs> she's not a two timer. <laughs> she's a second timer. Awesome repeat guess. So yeah, something like that. It just made me think of that. I don't know. Bree's brain is shiny object syndrome. We've had this conversation. <laughs> okay. You say one thing and I go down a rabbit hole for another. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Michelle Borba, she's an educational psychologist, the author of. 25 books, Brie. I know. I don't know how she has time to do anything else. Seriously. (laughs) Including her most recent book coming out very soon, Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. She's a Today Show parenting contributor and the mom of three boys. She's from Northern California, but right now she lives in Palm Springs. So I hope you enjoy our interview with Dr. Michelle Borba. This episode is brought to you by the Drama-Free Homework Checklist. Oh my gosh, if you are just looking for something to get your kids to do their homework without like the fight and without the struggle, you need our free checklist. You can go download it at www.noguiltmom.com backslash DFH-checklist. And you can also find a link in our show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Michelle. We we're so happy to have you here. Like you are one of our favorite guests because we have so much fun with you. Oh, I and likewise, I just so enjoy you guys. This is so fun. Thank you. So for those of our audience who doesn't know who you are, can you briefly tell us like who you are and what you do? Ah, uh, I'm an educational psychologist, but uh, also I'm a mom of three. But I get the greatest job in the whole wide world, in that I get to fly all over the world and speak to parents. And I've spoken to about a million of them. And no matter where I go, everybody's on board with how do I raise the good kid? And what are we going to do now with this pandemic? It's just, we are so far more alike than different. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the comfort there. Like there's so much going on in the world that makes us feel like we're so different. But really, when it comes down to it, we're all parents trying to do what's best to raise the best kids possible. We are so um, excited about your book coming out, Thrivers. I know. I loved Unselfie. <laughs> I love, we loved Unselfie <laughs> so much. And we cannot wait to read Thrivers. I'll get my fan club. I'm going to hire you guys as my PR. Thank you. We will. We'll be like, ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll post pictures when it comes out. But you, so in the book, you use the term Thrivers to describe kids who have the skills and abilities to do well in the real world. So how do you define a Thriver? Oh, he's a ready for life kind of a kid. He's one of those child that when he faces kind of a challenge or adversity, he's got, I got this kind of a mentality. But the most important thing about a thriver I discovered, and this is like a, it's not genetic. It's not a program. Thrivers are made, not born. And what I discovered is that 
there's a combination of skills, not knowledge. But if we teach these little skills along the way, and we've got plenty of time, this is the parenting plan from birth until when they finally leave us, we can help our kids go out there in the real life ready for it. I love what you said that they're made, not born, because that really makes it seem achievable for us as parents to give our kids the skills they need to become thrivers. Right. Because I, I think a lot of times we get stuck in that whole, my kid it was, is a shy kid. They were born a shy kid, or we're, we try to sort of put them in that little box. And really, there's so much potential. There's so many things that they can do. One of the things that we discovered about them, I, I was so fascinated for actually my entire career on what creates a thriver or the resilient kind of a child that I combed the science and there's phenomenal science about it. But the most important combination of all these studies, I mean, they've been studying the same kids for 40 years who were dealt with adversity, but despite it all, one third of them came out caring, competent and confident, two things. And these are the two things we gotta remember. Number one, they always have a protective person in their life, that, that parent, and if not the parent, it's a teacher, who is the champion who refuses to give up that child. That's the first lesson, don't give up on the kid. But the second thing is they've learned protective buffers or just kind of like an, uh, an armor, those skills along the way. And so when push comes to shove, they can brush themselves off and keep on going because they have the skills of a thriver. Okay. So what you said with protective buffers, I'm immediately reminded of like boundaries that people have as well. Is that kind of similar, like boundaries and protective buffers in kids? Well, boundaries in that, yes, if the kid has a boundary, because one of the, the I identified seven traits that seem to be the most highly correlated, all of them had to be teachable and all of them breathe parents, these same seven help your child in a classroom, become a peak performer as well as become resilient and in life. So it's not either or, it's both. And one of the things is integrity. Number three along the way, these are kids who do know what they stand for. So when push comes to shove, you've instilled in them their values. I don't care what the values are, but they've been, you've instilled in them. So when they're faced with a conflict, they don't have to waver it. They're going, ah, nope, that's who I am. I'm going this way and no to that, thank you. And you've also taught them assertive skills. So they hold up their head and can say to the kid, nope, that's not me. Some kind of assertive lines, which seem to be critically powerful, not in the heat of the moment. They never listen to you in the heat of the moment because they can't. Right. Nope. Right. <laughs> you got that one. Just like we don't think in the heat of the moment. But if you can say, okay, here's my new parenting plan. I'm going to figure out what kind of skills my child needs. Thriver is going to give you the 21 most important skills, and it'll give you 300 practical ways to teach them. Don't you dare do all of those or your kid will never let you read another book. But figure out the ones that work for you based on the age of your kid, because they're all set up age by age. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, 
Knowing that vet care costs continue to rise, you're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And then maybe the first one is when faced with a problem, start figuring out what you stand for. Come up with your home mantra and then teach calm, C-A-L-M. Anytime you're faced with a problem, stay cool. Because if you look upset, that bully's going to win. A is, let's practice some assertive comeback lines. And it can be for a shy kid, nothing more than a hand signal that says no. You don't even have to say anything. Or it could be, I don't want to, or that's not cool. But the two things that sound to be critical for an assertive kid is L, look the kid in the eye. Meaning, don't put your head down or you're going to look like you're, you don't mean it. And make your voice M strong like you do mean it. So stay cool, be assertive, L look them in the eye and sound like you mean it, and you've got an assertive kid. Is that going to happen tomorrow? Nope. So you keep working on that until your kid finally has it. In fact, you can start with C when they're three. You can do four-year-olds, always look at the color of the talker's eyes. 
If they're shy, then right at the dot between their nose or at the back behind their head, because some kids that's threatening to look at their eyes. But the amazing thing is that actually helps your child learn strong body language. Holding your head up makes you look more confident. Holding your head down makes you look wimpy. In fact, you can teach that to a child. Look at me. I'm holding my head up. Now look at me. Which one do you think that your friend is going to buy into? Yeah, holding my head up. So here's the trick. Look at the color of the talker's eyes and it'll make your whole body look more comfortable and confident. I love how, how simple and straightforward those are. And you know me, I mm-hmm. love a good acronym. Yes, it's, so, it's easy to remember. Awesome. So yeah. you mentioned integrity. I heard you mentioned self-control, like the cool and calm down. What are some yeah. other character strengths that set thrivers apart? Well, number one is self-understanding. They know who they are. They know their strengths. So the first thing about a real thriver is you've got to parent the kid based on who they are, not on what you want them to be. So the first thing you do in thrivers is go to the introduction and it'll give you a simple little quiz to figure out your kid's strengths. Once you know their strengths, don't focus on their weaknesses. Start aiming for their strengths. And there's where you begin because that's what's going to boost their confidence. Number two is empathy. Thrivers think we, not me. So we do know that resilient children have, a, have social competence. When push comes to shove, they resort to people, not things. And a result, it keeps their resilience booming. Third is self-control. They're able to put the brakes on. Fourth is integrity, so they can know what they stand for. But fifth, I love, and I didn't realize the correlation to this, they're curious. Thrivers are more open-minded to ideas and people. And why that helps them thrive is when a problem comes up, they're not stumped by it. They figure out, okay, how am I going to get around it? And that's what you want your child to do is develop a little turnaround plan. So the secret on that one is anytime from this moment on, mom, there is a problem. Do not solve it for them. Instead, go, whoa, what's the problem? Name it. Now, let's start brainstorming. With little kids, you use a pocket problem solver, which is your hand. You pull your hand up and you go, thumpkin, what's the problem? Name it. Doesn't work for a teen, but it works for a (laughs) four-year-old. They just just roll their eyes. Exactly. Pointer, middleman, and ringman. What are three things you could have done differently? Now, keep a poker face because some of the ideas they come up with are off the chart, but What's one idea? And then pinky is from all the ideas. What's the one you're going to do right this minute? That's your turnaround plan. Now, if you three, four, and five, you don't do that when they're 13, 14, and 15, but you've been practicing enough. So all you need to say is, so what are you going to do instead? Because you've been teaching them brainstorming. They're curious, they're open, they're critical thinking. The sixth one is perseverance. They don't need gold stars. They keep on going. And a persevering kid is a thriver because they're not stumped. They go, I got this. I'm going to keep on moving. And the seventh one is the one every kid and adult in the world needs right now is optimism. They have a more hopeful outlook. They have a silver lining. They find it. And because they stop the negativity by figuring out, okay, this is just temporary, not permanent. So what am I going to do differently the next time? You put all those together. Now, here's the other final thing, and then we can talk forever on what to do tomorrow. But the final thing I discovered, because every mother's going to say, so which one's the most important? None of them are the most important. You figure out the first, your child's strength, and then keep adding others because every thriver's strength multiplies its power when you add them together. 
What we've been doing is just teaching one. And we've discovered the combination of, think about it, empathy plus curiosity. Oh my gosh, you've got a, you've got a kid who's a change maker. Any of them yeah. together is more powerful than one. Self-control plus perseverance, that kid's going to keep on moving. He's not going to be derailed from it. So keep moving with it. And that's how we raise up a generation who thrive. That, that is amazing. You have given us so much right in, right in the, those past like two minutes. Um, one of the things like I do want to review with you just to make sure I got it right, because I think it was so powerful with the hand. So when kids are curious, you first define the problem and then the three middle fingers, you have the three solutions, possible solutions, and then you pick one. I think that's such a great and easy problem solving strategy to teach. And I love the fact that it's a visual aid right there. They can look at it. And then two, you also have the factor that it brings in their body, Mm -hmm. which helps them retain that information even more because genetically they're moving. Yes. Here's the other thing that's really cool that I discovered because I was a teacher for years. When I teach these little acronyms, they'd always say, I can't remember those five steps. Just make it into a word like calm or give me a pocket problem solver. Our goal as moms is really is to teach the skill and do it over and over and over and over and over until they finally do it without you. But they can carry that pocket problem solver with them forever. All they have to do is remember, oh, yeah, it's in my pocket. Just pull it out. Yeah, what am I going to do? And they've got it. But later on, they don't need their hand, obviously. They just realize, storm my brain of possibilities. It's in there. I just have to keep storming it. That yes. And I think that's such a valuable lesson for kids, because I know that one thing that you say in thrivers is that when kids have these skills, it helps safeguard against the anxiety and the depression um, that so many people feel. Well, here's what we know. And this is why we're all so burned out and, and anxious. Uncertainty builds stress and anxiety. Certainty or control reduces it. So one of the things that resilience theory is discovering about why these skills are so critical is they help kids develop agency or control. That's why a thriver says, I got this because they do. They have the skill to go, okay, well, I know there's a problem, but here's what I'll do instead. Or here's my turnaround plan. Or, oh my gosh, I'm getting so stressed because I know what my signs are. So I'm going to take that slow, deep breath. They know what to do instead. And that is maybe what we've been failing to do is help them learn that there is an option Here's how to help yourself. You choose which one works for you to the kid, particularly to a teen, because they'll say, you got to give us a repertoire of options. You know, that mindfulness works for some kids, but it doesn't work for me. So give them possibilities. Exactly. You figure out what works for each of your kids in your family or as well as your partner. And as a result, what you'll do is have your whole family being able to thrive. And by the way, part two, best way to teach these skills is as a family, not just pointing out the kid who needs it. If you all do it together, kids are looking at one another. And the best way to teach any skill is showing it, not telling it. Yes, right. totally agree. We are big fans of family meetings here at No yep. Guilt Mom. Yep. Yep. And like, of course, the importance of modeling it because they're not going to pick it up if you're not modeling it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So here's another idea. Go through Thrivers, look at all the ideas and say to yourself, not which one does my kid need? Which one do I need? And then what you do is practice the skill yourself, but help your child learn you learn to practice. I'm really frustrated these days. Can you help me learn this one to plus two breathing? And what you'll actually be doing is <laughs> your kid becomes your little monitor. And as a result, he doesn't realize he's the one that's supposed to be learning it, not just you. 
I, exactly. Exactly. I love that trick. I use that trick a lot. Yeah. I did it with my daughter in the car yesterday because I'm concerned about her screen time. So I was like, I'm concerned about my own screen time. Oh, what perfect. do you suggest I do? Perfect. <laughs> she gave some she gave some she gave good some suggestions. suggestions. Yeah. And you were like, wow, okay, put them in the pocket to bring yeah. up later. <laughs> Here's another one that's really fun. We do know that all of these thriver skills need to become a habit. So it doesn't work the first time. You got to keep doing it over and over again. And we also know that if you've set up a regular time to do it each day, and I'm talking one minute, so this isn't going to take you a whole bunch of time. One minute, you're going to be more likely to help you get it. If you could give parents one piece of advice in raising kids who thrive, what would it be? The most important thing is that we have to reset our parenting. It's an uncertain world out there. If not a pandemic, who knows what's going to come down the pike. But it also means that kids need knowledge, but also the skills of resilience. And if we do that, we're far more likely to raise up a strong generation of kids who can make it and thrive without us. It isn't that what parenting is all about. It's totally what parenting is all about. So Michelle, you've given us so many favorite hacks to like, I think all of these really make kids more self-sufficient. So what's coming up for you that you're excited about? <laughs> My book. Uh, this is yes! the one for, yay, for 40 years I've been working on this. I finally, finally figured it out. I wrote 25 other books in the meantime, but this was the one that was most pressing. And I don't think it, it, this is the, the timing of talk about urgency. It's called Thrivers, the surprising reasons why some kids struggle and others shine. It's on sale March 2nd. And uh, it's coming out in audio, digital and hardback form. So let's just start talking about how we raise up a resilient population of kids. Yes. yes. I'm so excited about it too, because like you just said, the timing couldn't be more perfect. This is something that we all are desperately seeking right now. Most definitely. Well, thank you, Michelle, so much for coming on the podcast. We love always talking to you and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, all it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. 
And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So, Michelle, okay, first of all, oh, that was that was a hard interview for us because, guys, we struggled with the internet <laughs> on that interview, and it was one of those situations where I was about to throw the laptop out of the window. Oh, I know. Like, like there, <sighs> there were tears about ready to come out, but I, I do have to say this. Michelle is genuine, and authentic, and is a very, very kind and patient She's person. So kind and patient. I think we got dropped at least four times. Yeah, four we times. We had to and stop she- and restart that interview. And I don't, I don't just mean like us taking a pause, guys. Mm. I mean like completely got disconnected. She would text us, "Where are you guys?" And we're like, "We're trying we're to trying. bring it back up." And we like it was me like rebooting the modem downstairs, and I was on the phone with our <sighs> internet company. And oh my gosh, but Michelle was so gracious throughout the whole thing, and I. <laughs> I am so grateful it was her because I don't know if anyone would have the same patience as she did yeah, during that one. It, need, it needed to be a, a second timer. It needed to be someone who... It needed to be a second, <laughs> a second timer. We had that relationship with a second but timer. But I mean, I think, it, I think it speaks to her work that she does mm-hmm. in empathy mm-hmm. and in resilience. She was just like, hey, no worries. We'll make this work. We'll keep going. And she also was so enthusiastic to get her message out to parents Yes, that it just... It, it made it work so it was so guys that that was a love and hate episode <laughs> yes like we love talking to michelle but oh my gosh hate the but tech i think you have such a good point about how that really says a lot about empathy because mm-hmm. like you don't know what other people are going through and how like much of a struggle they have so it's always in your best interest to be kind right and like grateful and it's just like seeing that example set forth is amazing and her book sounds amazing like i cannot wait to read it right we just got it today mm-hmm. so we are so excited to read it today like woo, woo, woo. but highly highly recommend you guys go out there get thrivers we have her we did have her unselfie book we read that one before mm-hmm. our first interview also amazing loved unselfie so have very high expectations for thrivers and i'm just from our interview i'm sure it's going to be an amazing amazing read can't wait to get my hands on it and it's just yeah so get out there people get Let's out get there so remember the best mom's a happy mom take care of you and we will see you next time thanks for stopping by When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.